0: Good to have you all here this morning. Do I not have mine on? Is that what the problem was? It's on, okay. Uh, Good to have you here. It's finally sunny on a Sunday morning. Isn't that nice? It was supposed to be cold, wet, and rainy every day this weekend. Well, it rained a little bit yesterday where I was anyway, but uh, for the most part, yesterday was a great day. Starting out to be a beautiful Sunday morning. If you missed seeing Caleb and Carly, they've already left to go on back to the uh, UP. Uh, They were here visiting with their little boy, William, and so... uh, Hopefully you had a chance to see them. Welcome guests. Uh, if you are visiting for the first time, you stop by the uh, Welcome Center. We have a gift for you. We'd love to share that with you. If you're visiting online for the first time, sbtindy.org slash contacts, let us know that you're out there, and uh, or you can scan the code there, and that'll just be great for us. Our missionaries of the week are Bruce and Monette Klingaman. You know them, of course. Uh, three months ago to this day, uh, the Lord took Caleb home to be with him. And so, it's, so you can imagine it might be a rough day for them. So they would ask that you would pray for them as they're kind of going through that. Uh, they um, they did have though their first Bible study with soldiers uh, just recently. So that's going well. The Lord's starting to open up doors. Uh, they're in the process of writing a tract about Caleb and the impact that uh, his uh, 17 or 19 years. What is it? 17 years. What is? How old was he? 19 years. 19 years of his life uh, on this on this uh, planet. So. Uh, just uh, keep praying for that as they uh, get that tract ready and things. Uh, so I've got several that I need to announce that aren't on there. So if you'll give me a moment. Uh, there's a Utah missions trip meeting. Uh, if you are involved in that, right over here by the piano after this service. So uh, meet Pastor Brett over there. After the service tonight, there's a Hope in Christ Ministries meeting. That's the uh, the Cancer Ministries meeting. Uh, after the service tonight, see Miss Jeanette. That will probably be in the same place. And so if you keep that then just so you know, uh, this is the uh, fifth Sunday free-for-all, right? So you can sit wherever it is that you can fight somebody for a seat. So there are seats over there. If you're having trouble just finding a comfortable place to be, uh, you can go to the fellowship hall. Uh, but we're always excited about that. So let's see what we have. That's already there, over, overflow, fifth Sunday. Anyone? And uh, then teen takeover service is tonight. Uh, I always love the way that sounds, like teen takeover service. Sounds so aggressive. But it is a joy to watch what the Lord is doing with our teenagers. And we, every fifth Sunday, uh, we'd have the teens or the recharge class taking over and just uh, uh, always exciting times to be here for that uh, teen camp campaign. So if you take an envelope and you put however old you are in the envelope and uh, drop that in an offering plate marked for camp money, uh, then that would help our teenagers to have money to go to camp. Uh, we don't just give it away, just so you know. We ask them to earn it. We want them to learn, to appreciate what they're given, and so we'll use that money to uh, hire them to do work, or you can hire them yourself to do some work, and that's always a joy. Caregiver's uh, resource class, this Thursday at 7 o'clock, and so uh, she says, come here, Mark Holiger, there you go. Uh, he's an attorney at law that deals with, deals with uh, elder law, and so if you would uh, be interested in that, uh, be here So questions about advanced directives, health care, those kinds of things. Ladies' Banquet is coming up. So next week, Lord willing, we will meet guys, uh, gentlemen, right after the morning service. We'll meet just real quickly to talk about what we'll do for the Ladies' Banquet. And uh, if you're signed up to help, or if you haven't signed up to help, then because uh, the guys cook and serve and clean, the ladies get to just have their banquet. And I think we have about 150 ladies signed up so far, so we've got a lot of uh, work ahead of us. We'll have a great time. Looking forward. Deadline is today to sign up. Sign up by Sunday, April the 30th. It says that right there on the bottom. Uh, Church Work Day is coming up Saturday the 13th. So that's in a couple of weeks, 9 a.m. to whenever. We'll provide lunch. And it's just that. It's a work day. It's like spring cleaning day for the inside, spring cleaning day for the outside. We have stuff for just about anybody and everybody to do. uh, From picking up sticks, which we have lost tons of branches and trees this year. Uh, with all the weird storms that we've had so uh, there's that kind of stuff outside we need to just clean up the church and it's kind of a one one time a year that we just try to get all things ready and revival services Sunday June the 4th through Friday June the 9th uh, are coming up with uh, Dave Young it's an exciting time we'll be talking about that later as we go on into that so let's uh, let me make sure that I know what I'm supposed to be doing Let's have the men come, and we'll take up the offering. I want to make sure we're still following that procedure. There we go, and we'll take up the offering. Ask the men to, uh, or ask you to uh, dig deeply and give. You always do, and it's exciting to have David playing his guitar. He was supposed to play last week, right? But uh, you messed up his hand. So I'm giving you an excuse if you mess things up, all right? So he messed up his hand last week and couldn't, uh, couldn't play for us last week, so he's going to play for us this week. But let uh, would check you, ask God's blessing on the offer.
1: Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we love you. Thank you that you love us. You give us the opportunity to be together this morning to fellowship, to worship together. I pray that you'll bless this offering as we take it. Use it to further your ministry. Pray for so many who are struggling with so many things. Lord, I pray that you'll encourage and bless. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
2: Thank you, David. I hope it is well with your soul. No matter what you're going through, God is there with you. And the Bible talks about if we draw near to God, he draws near to us. Heard the slogan say, no need to fear when Jesus is near. And so we're going to sing about that this morning. So if you like and you're able, please stand together and we'll sing both verses of My God is Near.
1: May the
2: kids, How Can I Fear?
3: Will please stand for the reading of God's holy word. Hebrews 11, beginning in verse 32. And what shall I more say? For the time would fail me to tell of Gideon, and of Barak, and of Samson, and of Jephthah, of David also, and Samuel, and of the prophets, who through faith subdued kingdoms, wrought righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, out of weakness were made strong, waxed valiant in fight, turned to flight the armies of the aliens. Woman received their dead, raised to life again, and others were tortured, not accepting deliverance, that they might obtain a better resurrection. And others had trial of cruel mockings and scourging, yea moreover of bonds and imprisonment. They were stoned, they were sawn asunder were tempted, were slain with the sword. They wandered about in sheepskin and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, tormented, of whom the world was not worthy. They wandered in deserts and in mountains and in dens and caves of the earth. And these all, having obtained a good report through faith, received not the promise. God, having provided some better thing for us, that they without us should not be made perfect. May the Lord sanctify us through his word. Amen.
2: I will keep singing about being near to God. next song we'll sing is "Near My God, to Thee.
1: Near my God.
2: We'll sing Near, Still Near. On that last verse, we'll sing it a cappella. Let's sing together Near, Still Near.
1: Near. that
2: piano, higher ground. stand we'll sing one more song this morning it's been our hymn of the month praising our king we'll sing all four verses of hosanna to the king
1: The gold of Mount Moriah came to Abraham. But the offering place before the Lord was not allowed. He bound his only son, and when the knife was raised, a sacrifice became the price of praise. When praise demands a sacrifice, i worship even then. Surrendering the dearest things in life, and if devotion costs me all, he'll find me faithful to his call. When praise demands a sacrifice. The call to go to Calvary came to God's own son, and altar waited for the lamb he would become. His hand reached up to heaven, and as the cross was raised, and with his life he paid the price of praise. When praise demands a sacrifice, i worship even then, Surrendering the dearest things in life. And if devotion costs me all, He'll find me faithful to His call. When praise demands a sacrifice, God hears the words of praise we lift, but I have found He's honored more by what I'm willing to lay down. When praise demands a sacrifice, i worship even then. Surrendering the dearest things in life. If devotion costs me all He'll find me faithful to His call When praise demands a sacrifice I'll worship even then Surrendering the dearest things in life And if devotion costs me all He'll find me faithful to His call when praise demands a sacrifice.
0: Thank you, Mr. Nate. Wow. I tell you, if you haven't been blessed by the music already, then you may as well go home because my preaching is not going to get better than that. <laughs> I tell you, it's been a joy. We had uh, David playing "It Is Well with My Soul," and if you didn't remember, I didn't want to bring it up before David played it. But you know, not only is it three months ago today, but that song was a big part of the uh, funeral service because Caleb had played it on the piano, and uh, so they repeated that uh, then. And then we had the kids sing. wasn't that great. Uh, "How Can I Fear" was just powerfully done Mia's playing you know higher ground which puts her dad right on higher ground when she's up there playing that that was just exciting I love it she uh, arranged that for, her, for herself and she arranged it for her husband Josh you have to see the CD dedication for it It was great and then Nate I hadn't heard that song before that song goes every part of the range you can get down there and higher than I can get so uh that was just powerful and it, it fits all the music really fits so well into the message. We're going to be in Exodus chapter 3 for one. We're going to be a little bit all over the place. We're kind of preparing ourselves as a body for a revival meeting that's coming up in June. We're asking you to begin to pray about the revival meeting. Out there on the, uh, in the, between the two uh, buildings, that hallway, there's some sign-ups. And I want to talk to you about those real quickly before we get to Exodus chapter 3. There's a sign-up, there's a list of uh, prayer requests. And I'm going to request that you put first names only. You know, we're leaving it out there in public format for one, and you know, we're going to share it around uh, with our cottage prayer meetings. So, uh, one side of that list says these are people that I'm that I'm working to get to come to revival meetings that either they're not saved or I'm not sure if they know Christ as Savior, and we can begin to saturate uh, their names in prayer and bring them before the Lord. And so we'd like to do that. And then the other column is people that, I, that I'm inviting to the revival. And by the way, I'm, I'm emphasizing, you know, these are people that we're working on towards the revival service, right? There's always people we can pray about, but, you know, if you know someone in Arizona that does not know Christ, it's unlikely you're going to get them to fly in for the revival meeting. So, you know, that would be a different kind of prayer request. So we're talking about the revival meeting prayer request here. Uh, but the other column says, you know, I... I these are saved people, but they need to get some things right with the Lord. They're, they're away from God. They're not in church. I'm going to try to get them to come to revival. We want to begin to pray for those people as well. So put first names on there, and uh, we'll, we'll saturate those in prayer. Then there's another uh, sign-up sheet out there that is cottage prayer meetings. We have about, I think, nine people that have signed up to host cottage prayer meetings. And the idea is that uh, there should be mornings and evenings that are scattered throughout uh, the time from a couple weeks before the revival and we're asking I'm quite honestly asking everybody I, I'm not sure what would keep you from doing this right I don't know uh, but I'm asking everybody to say you know what I'm gonna make this a priority and I'm gonna sign up for one of these cottage prayer meetings and and go and uh, it's just that is a time to get together take over the prayer list that we've that will have made copies for everybody by then and uh, whatever else we're going to pray about, and ask God to do some things unusual in that week of revival meeting, right? Say, Pastor John, I'm sorry to have to tell you this, but I've already, you know, we're already planned to be out of town during revival. You can still pray for it, all right? So I would just encourage you to do that and be a part of, a, of the revival that way. Uh, you know, and if you're not going to be out of town, then I'm going to ask you to do two things. One, don't schedule anything between now and then, all right? Now you know, so don't schedule it. Just move it around. Because take it as of the Lord. I should not go. We I haven't scheduled anything, we'll leave it open. And then commit yourself to coming, right? It's just, let's, let's be here. You're not going to be disappointed with Dave Young. If you've ever heard him preach, you know it's like phenomenal. You're going to want to come in anyway. And uh, I'm just telling you, every time we have a revival, I'm, I'm, I'm reminded of something, you know. So uh, there's always that one service, always, that people talk about for sometimes years, and uh, wouldn't it be awful if that was the one service that you missed? I missed that one service that, that God just stepped in and did something unusual, and I tell you this story every time because it's just so relevant, but uh, years ago, I mean years, I, don't, I couldn't tell you how many years, Todd and Cheryl are sitting on the other room, but he could probably tell you, but years ago we were at the Wild, and they do these sponsor meetings. And uh, so they, you know, we're all sponsors, and so you go. And, and the speaker of the week is actually going to speak to us. And Jim Van Gelderen, where's Jonathan? Jim Van Geldern was speaking, and uh, he spoke, what was the name of it? Silver the Silver Lining of Failure. And I had some things I needed to get done. They were important things, and I decided I would do them during that meeting. And I did not go. And I'm not kidding you, to this day, you know, Todd Norwell will, will tear up when he talks about that meeting. He's like, That was one of the most powerful things I've ever heard, Pastor John. And they're not trying to rub it in. They're just trying to be honest. Like, that was the one I missed. And uh, so years later, here it is. So uh, I'm just asking us to, to get ready. So what does that have to do with what we're doing right now? Well, uh, so if I were going to title this, and I don't often title my sermons, but it would be stepping out of your comfort zone for revival. We all have comfort zones, Right? And we're comfortable here, and there's a reason why we stay here. It's because this is where we're comfortable. But it is unlikely that revival is within our comfort zone. By its very nature, revival is pushing us to places we have not been, right? It would, by its very nature, revival is that Joshua chapter 3 passage where they're standing at the edge of the Jordan River, and Joshua says, Sanctify yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. You know, It's the idea that God's going to do some things he's never done before, but it's because they're about to cross over the River Jordan into the Promised Land where they've never been. And it's seldom that revival comes within our comfort zone. Uh, So no matter where we are in our Christian walk, in order for God to do something unusual and different, then it, it mandates that we be ready to move outside of our comfort zone. Well, we're going to look at uh, four people that God challenged, and I'm going to have to do this quickly. So hang on tight, let's pray, and we'll jump into this. Father, God, we pray that uh, you would begin even now to prepare our hearts for what you would like to do during this week of meetings with Dave Young, that uh, your word would go forth with such Uh, power that uh, your Holy Spirit would have such freedom uh, in our hearts and lives to just challenge us to go beyond where we've been. I ask that we would consider today uh, that devotion of sacrifice to praise, that we would be willing to step outside of our comfort zone, even if it means giving up uh, things that we hold dear and hold tight. And Father, we will thank and praise you for all that you do in Jesus' name. Amen. So uh, Nate was just singing that song, which I had never heard until today. And and uh, But wow, you know, the idea that we're ready, that we're willing to take a step that we've never taken before is where revival begins. Well, that's the beginning of revival. That's not what revival is. That's the beginning of it. That's the beginning of God doing something unusual. And so I'm going to ask us today, would we be willing to... to ...to step outside of our comfort zone. Well, here we are in Exodus chapter 3, starting in verse 1. It says, Now Moses kept the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law. Now I want you to just notice this. Moses is doing what Moses does. He's been doing this for several years now, right? He, he was raised in Egypt, and he became a leader in Egypt. But he uh, left Egypt because he you know, murdered somebody, quite honestly. And uh, God was preparing him for something else. And goes into the wilderness, and where he is for 40 years... Out there raising sheep. And he's doing what Moses does uh, for Jethro's father in law. And he fed the flock. Uh, and so this is, this is how revival begins. It just, it's us going about our regular lives and uh, getting out of our familiar zone here. And that's what God's going to ask of Moses. Verse 2 And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a flame of fire in the, out of the midst of the bush and, and looked, and he looked, I'm sorry, and behold, the bush burned with fire and the bush was not consumed. I want to stop here because it starts right here. God does something to get Moses' attention. Now, this is our reality. This is where we are. Now, it could be this series of messages that we've been going through that God's just trying to get your attention this way. You know, it's like, hello, we're getting getting some messages from God, and it's preparing us to take some steps we've never taken before. But God does something here to get Moses' attention. Moses, by the way, at any time, could have walked on by the bush, right? I mean, God doesn't... Drag Moses to the bush. God simply gives Moses an opportunity to take a step. And so I want you to understand that you know God God is already working. Some of you, if we had the time to walk through all those things that have been happening in your lives personally this week, there might be a lot of things you say, "Oh, that's God trying to get my attention." "Oop, oh, that's God trying to get my attention." It might be health issues. It might be uh, just changes to your schedule, it might be job issues, it might be, and God's, I'm trying to get your attention, trying to get your attention. I'm, and it's up to us. We can walk right on by, or we can, like Moses, let's go see what's happening. And Moses responds to the burning bush. The bush is burning, not consumed. Verse 3, Moses says, I will now turn aside and see this great sight, why the bush is not burnt. And when the Lord saw that he turned aside, that's important, This didn't start in Moses' life until God saw Moses' response. If if we walk on by, if God has the the bush burning and we just simply ignore it, none of the rest of this chapter would have happened until you get to verse 4. When when God saw that Moses turned aside, Uh, then God called unto him out of the midst of the bush and and said, Moses, Moses, and he said, here am I. And then God begins, you know, don't draw near to this, you know, take off your shoes, hold the ground, et cetera, et cetera. Because what Moses is about to do is about to take some steps toward that revival that we're talking about. Toward God doing something unusual in his life. Say, that scares me, Pastor John. It should. It should. It's holy ground. I want you to understand, that's without apology. Revival should scare us. It's holy ground. And if you say, you know what, I'm content to stay right where I'm at. I don't want to go on holy ground. Then that's your, that's your call. But you're gonna, you would never become a Moses. And you would never have the experience of what Moses is about to experience. To see God's hand at work, to see God do miraculous things in his family, miraculous things with the people that he's doing, to see God do incredible things, you'll miss out. You can walk by the bush. But Moses chooses to take off his shoes, and to step onto holy ground. Verse 10 says, Come now, therefore, and I will send thee unto Pharaoh, that thou mayest bring forth my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. Now, you know the rest of the story, right, where Moses begins to argue with God about how he's not equipped for that. But that's not really the the message. The message of this is, are we ready to take a step out of our comfort zone? Moses was comfortable. He's doing what he's been doing for the last 40 years. He's very familiar with the job he's doing. God is about to ask him to do something he's not that familiar with. Say, that's why I don't want this revival, Pastor John. I like my comfort zone. I understand that. I do. All of us do. But would we be willing to sacrifice, as Nate's song was saying, to sacrifice on the altar what we like, for the sake of God doing greater things with our children, with our grandchildren, with our church, with our marriages, with our, you know, keep filling in the blank, where, where you're working. If God, if God would show himself strong in ways we've never seen before, are we willing to take off our shoes and step onto holy ground? If we take that step, God's willing to, God's willing to put things to work, and that's what happens here. So, taking a step for service. You know, I mean, I'm just telling you. Moses took a step, and it's going to lead to Moses serving God like he's never served before. Now, Moses came from Egypt already, but in Egypt, Moses was, you know, the, the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He, was, he had this proverbial silver spoon. He was not the servant. He was the served. And then he goes into, into uh, you know, his blue-collar job over here taking care of the sheep, and he's gotten very comfortable with it. I like this spot. I, I, I'm, I'm content with where I'm at. And God says, Moses, I want to pull you into some service that I've never used you for before, that you've not, you've not done before, but if you'll let me, I'm going to show you some wonderful things. And Moses takes that step. Are we willing to take a step out of our comfort zone to serve God in ways we've never done before? Take a Bible center, First Samuel chapter 16. Or you can wait till it pops up on the screen. It doesn't matter. First Samuel chapter 16. There's another one who God is going to call out from his comfort zone, not just for service, but for leadership. Because some of you, quite honestly, you know that God has gifted you with the ability to lead, but you become content with letting everybody else do that. And it's, some of you really need to take that step. Well, here it is. It comes to pass, as it says here in chapter uh, 1 Samuel 16, verse 10. And it came... And, I'm sorry... And Verse 6, I'm sorry, verse 6. And it came to pass, when they were come, that he looked upon Eliab and said, Surely the Lord's anointed his boy. You remember the story, right? So uh, God has rejected Saul to be king, and God is about to anoint the new king of Israel, uh, this young man that we all know as David. And uh, he looks at David's brother Eliab and says, Surely this is God's anointed. And the Lord says in verse 7, uh, Look not on his countenance, not on the height of his stature, because I have refused him. Now, not that lie did anything wrong. He just says, he's not the one. He, for the Lord, seeth not as man seeth. For man looks on the outward appearance, but God looketh on the heart. Are you ready? Are you willing? For the sake of, of revival, to let God look into your heart. Now, you, we don't have to let God, right? He does this anyway. But are you willing to cooperate with God as he does this, To see something in you that you may not see in yourself right yet. To recognize something in you. David's just a kid. He is just a kid. And yet, look at what's going to happen. Go down to verse 10. Again, Jesse made seven of his sons to pass before Samuel. And Samuel said unto Jesse, the Lord has not chosen these. Now God said, go see Jesse. One of his sons is going to be king. He's like, wait a minute. How did this happen? Because the Lord has not chosen any of these. Verse 11. And Samuel said unto Jesse, Are here all thy children? And he said, There remaineth yet the youngest, the youngest. And behold, he keepeth the sheep. And Samuel said unto Jesse, Send and fetch him, for we will not sit down till he come hither. And he sent and brought him in. Now he was ruddy. That means he was he was red skinned. He'd been out there working. You know, he's, he's got a sunburn and he's uh, you know, he looks like uh look what it says he was with all of a beautiful county guys teenage guys isn't that just what you want somebody to say about you oh he's beautiful Now they might have said that when you were one two but then you get 13 that's really not our goal right it's like, uh it's time to grow a beard beautiful isn't isn't what i was looking for but the point is david is just this kid right he's still got that baby face right he's beautiful and goodly to look at to look to And the Lord said, Arise, anoint him, for this is he. This is the one. And God is going to call on David to step way out of his comfort zone. As the youngest, as the the youth, as the kid, to do for God what David at this point would have never even imagined. In fact, nobody imagined it. Jesse, his father, didn't even bother to call David in because surely it's not going to be David. It's going to be somebody like Eliab. He looks like he would be the one that God would want to anoint. Everybody thought these things, but God wants to use David. God said, David, I want you to, I want to pull you out of out of your comfort zone. Get get away from being, you know, the baby in the family. There's something about being the baby in the family. I'm the baby in the family, and um, most of the things they say about us are true. We're spoiled, we are, we know it, and we know how to use our spoiledness to our benefit. It's great, you know. I, I love being the baby of the family. Still to this day, I'm the baby of the family, right? I can always claim that I'm the youngest of all my siblings. Now, uh, you know, I've got, four, well, I've got five uh, siblings, four of them are still living, and I'm the youngest one, right? And so, you know, I always, now my sister, Charlotte, if she happens to be watching, I don't know, she was born, should I say this? I'll say it. She was born in 1949, right? One year, one year out of the 50s. I was born in 1961, one year out of the 50s. But here's how I introduce Charlotte. She, when I talk about it, she's two decades older than me. <laughs> she was born in the 40s. I was born in the 60s. Now, it's not two decades. It's 12 years, but two decades just sounds better, right? You can have a lot of fun when you're the, the kid, right, when you're the... And, God says, David, I'm going to take you from being that kid. I'm going to pull you out, and I'm going to make a leader out of you. Are you willing, if God were to say, I want you to lead some ministry, if God were to say, I want you to take on some leadership, are you willing to take a step out of your comfort zone? Are you so attached to your comfort zone? You know, David could have been the proverbial spoiled little kid and said, I'm not going. Okay. And you know what? God doesn't drag us. Had Moses walked on by, the implication of the passage, when God saw that Moses responded, God responded. The implication of the passage is, if we say no, God will say, sit there. Miss out on the revival, miss out on the blessings, miss out on watching the power of God do something unusual. God will let you. David could have said, I'm not going. But David allows God to step him out of his comfort zone into something new. Matthew chapter 14. Matthew chapter 14. Matthew chapter 14 is an unusual story here, right? It's, it, this is just, it is. It's just unusual for this, but because this is someone who says, I want to step out of my comfort zone. And God lets him. And after he gets there, he starts feeling uncomfortable. Go figure. Matthew chapter 14, you know the story. You'll recognize it right away. Uh, Starting in verse 26, it says, And when the disciples saw him, Jesus, walking on the water, they were troubled, saying, It is the Spirit, and they cried out for fear. I want to stop for just a moment, all right? Jesus walking on the water, would you agree that that is an incredible showing of the power of God? Anybody ever seen anybody walk on water? I mean, if you saw somebody walking on the water, wouldn't you be like, That is incredible, Right? That is obviously God at work. And I want you to see something. Because when we see God doing unusual things, you know what our response is? Just like the disciples. They were troubled. (laughs) Yikes. And I'm telling you, you'd be shocked, I think. I think we're all going to be shocked when we get to heaven and find. Remember that passage in James where it says, We have not because we ask not? I think we're going to be shocked how many things God says, I would have done. But we're scared half to death of the idea of God actually doing something that only God can do in our lives. It scares us. And here we are like, I mean, they're troubled. They're seeing God doing a, doing a miracle right in front of their eyes. Rather than saying, praise God, this is incredible. They're like, Ugh, except for one, right? Except for one. You know the story. And so I go down to verse 27 and a straight way, Jesus spake and said to them, be of be of good cheer, it is I. Don't be afraid. Hey, this is, this is good when God does unusual things. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid of the power of God. It's a good thing. And Peter, in verse twenty-seven or 28, answered him and said, uh, and said, Lord, if it be thou, bid me come unto thee, look at what it says, on the water. Peter's like, if it's really the work of God that's happening here, I want to know this work of God firsthand, and Peter steps out of the boat. Now, good on Peter, right? That's fantastic that Peter is willing. Of the others, they're all troubled, including Peter, the Bible says, right? They're all troubled. But Peter gets past his trouble and says, I'll step out of my comfort zone and onto the water. And Peter is firsthand experiencing God doing something incredible in all of history. There are only two people who ever walked on water. One of them is the Son of God. And the other one is a very, very human person named Peter. Back and forth in his Christian walk. But Peter is the only other person in all of history that can ever claim to have walked on water. Think about that. That God would allow us to step out of our comfort zone and right into a powerful working of his Spirit. That's called revival. Now, Peter had to step out of his comfort zone. And we we know what happens here. And it's very easy for us to do the same thing, right? So he says, uh, Peter says, let me come to you on the water. And, And Jesus, by the way, Jesus doesn't give him a dissertation or anything. Jesus says one word, come. Hey, what's stopping you, Peter? Come on. What's stopping us, Southeast Baptists, from stepping out and seeing God use us to accomplish great work? Come, come on. And so then when Peter was come down of the the ship, he walked on water to go to Jesus. But when he saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid. He's outside of his comfort zone. And it's easy to get outside your comfort zone and then all of a sudden say, what in the world am I doing here? How did that happen? That God would, would use me to do something so unusual as to walk on water? Wow. And Peter begins, and by the way, it is an interesting thing, because when I see this story, I have a tendency to say, yay, Peter, right? Peter's the only one that walked on water besides Jesus. But when Jesus steps in to save Peter, he sees the, he sees the water and the waves and the wind, and he, he says, Lord, save me. And immediately, of course, Jesus stretches forth his hand and catches him up. And here's the impression that you get from this. Jesus, or Peter, walked on water. We don't know how far he walked. But what you know that he isn't doing anymore is hanging on to the boat. You understand? He's actually walking on water. So we don't know how far he's gotten. And he says, Lord, save me. And then when Jesus takes him by the hand, what do they have to do? Walk back to the boat. So Peter continues to walk on water with Jesus at his side. They walk back to the boat. And here's the conversation. Jesus doesn't say, Peter, good job for stepping out of the boat. He he says, Peter, oh, you have little faith. Here, listen up, Southeast. This is important. Stepping out of our comfort zone is the first part. But then if we get scared and just jump back in the boat, we're going to miss out. The implication of what Jesus was saying to Peter is, Peter, imagine how much more could have been done. If you hadn't gotten scared, hey southeast i'm I'm telling you outside the boat, it's waves and winds. It's also the power of God. It's things that we can't imagine that God might do for us, through us, in us, in our families, in our church, in our in our society, you know, the idea of revival stepping in. But it starts with stepping out of our comfort zone. And out of our comfort zone, uh, for for Peter, he steps out of his comfort zone uh, as a way of challenging his faith. And then lastly, Mark chapter 1. Mark chapter 1. And this is a famous one as well. Famous passage of scripture. But all of the Christian walk is this. It's getting out of our comfort zone and going someplace where we've never gone before, right? The good old Star Trek where no man has gone before. And here we are. We're going to... See God do some wonderful things, and look what it says here in Mark chapter 1, uh, verse 16. Now, as he, that's Jesus, walked by the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and Andrew, his brother, casting the net into the sea, for they were fishers. And Jesus said unto them, Come ye after me, and I will make you fishers of men. I mean, here they are. They're in their regular routine. They're just doing what they always do, right? They're they're fishermen. That's what they do. They're going to go fishing, and Jesus said, let's break up the routine. Let's break up with the monotony. You know, there is a monotony to church. You ever notice that? It's Sunday morning. You can just about do it in your sleep. Your Sunday morning routine. You get up, whether or not you eat breakfast, drink coffee, whatever you do. You get dressed. You come to church. We have, you know... This song, this song, you know what's going to happen. We're just, we're just as predictable as anybody, right? We're going to have announcements first, and now we put the uh, offering in there, and then we're always going to end with the song of the month, and then the pastor's going to get up and preach, and then we're going to get up and go... And we, we fall into this routine. It's routine for us. And w- routine is comfort. We like that. We like that. That's why some of you just have been in all a tizzy, because we switched from the two services to one again. Ah! Because our routine has been shattered, right? We were already used to things, Pastor. Why are you breaking it up again? And uh, so Jesus walked by and he's like, break up the routine, Peter, Andrew, break up the routine and come with me and I'll make you fishers of men. To, to, to step out of the comfort of routine so that God would do something that's no longer routine. And look what it says in verse 18. And straightway they forsook the nets and followed him. South says said, we're getting ready for revival. I'm asking us, would we be willing to step out of our comfort zone, to put on the altar, as Nate's song was saying, suggesting to us, to put on the altar our comfort so that we might have higher praise of the one who is worthy, so that we might be used of God in greater fashion so that we might actually be a church that people would pass by and say, what's going on at Southeast Baptist? The power of God is on that place. If you have ever followed revivals in, in history? They're seldom led by dynamic speakers. They're led by the working of the Spirit of God. That's what's happening. And it's always led by God's people following after the Spirit of God. Are we willing to step out of our comfort zone and let God do something unusual in our midst? Ready to walk on some water? Ready to walk across a river that's been divided by God on dry ground? Are you ready to be used by God to throw down your stick and it turn into a snake or to take that that same stick and wave it over the water and and, uh, frogs come up out? Are you ready for God to do unusual things? In our midst. I am a I'm, I'm believer that, that routine becomes the death of the Spirit of God moving. And I'm not suggesting that we don't do routine. You know, that we switched our services to, to Monday morning. You know, that, that doesn't make any sense. We're not talking about that. We're just simply saying that we don't want to become so ingrained in our comfortable place that the Spirit of God can't budge us can't budge us. When Nate was singing that song, it reminded me of a a song from my era, Nate. Uh, So, uh, you know, if you go back into the 70s, there's a song called Whatever It Takes. You you guys remember that one? Have you know that song? All three of us. You'll recognize it when you start hearing it. I'll sing a little bit of of it for you. But it's it's asking the same question. Uh, There's a voice calling me from an old rugged tree. And it whispers, draw closer to me. Leave this world far behind. There are new heights to climb and a new place in me you will find. For whatever it takes to draw closer to you, Lord, that's what I'll be willing to do. And whatever it takes to be more like you, that's what I'll be willing to do. The third verse, I I almost can't sing it. It says, um, Take the dearest things to me If that's how it must be to draw me closer to Thee, let the disappointments come, lonely days without the sun, if through sorrow more like You I'll become, for whatever it takes to draw closer to You, Lord, that's what I'll be willing to do, for whatever it takes to be more like You, that's what, I'll be willing to do. What about it, Christian? Are you willing to step out of your comfort zone so you can share your faith with somebody? Are you willing to step out of your comfort zone so you can lead in some ministry? You're willing to step out of your comfort zone so you can serve God in ways you've never served God before? You're willing to step out of your comfort zone so we can see God and the power of God do something we never imagined we would see. Heads bowed, eyes closed, please. Southeast, if we're going to have an unusual week of meetings, then it can't be the same thing we've had in the past. Do you understand? Uh, whoever it was, Einstein, whoever it was, you know, if we keep doing the same thing over and over again, expect different results, that makes us, this is the very definition of insane, of ignorant, right? That doesn't make any sense. It can't be the same thing if we want something different. Are you ready to say, God, I don't know what you're going to ask of me, but if and when I step by the burning bush, I'm going to take the step on holy ground. The God, if and when you open the door for me to lead, I'm stepping through it. The God, if and when you, give, you open the door for me to share my faith, I'm not going to back away. God, I'm ready to leave my comfort zone if that's what it requires for you to do something unusual in my life. Pastor John, I know I'm a Christian. I know I'm saved. and know I'm way to heaven. That is not the issue. But Pastor John, I do not want another week of meetings where we just eat and fellowship and then say that was a good meeting. I want to begin to pray that God would prepare my heart that if he calls, I will be ready to step out of my comfort zone. Pastor, would you pray for me? Would you slip your hand up and let me see that so I can see? Thank you so much. Thank you. Hands across the place. Thank you. Be ready. If we say, I'm willing, God's going to open a door. He's going to. Maybe there's someone here who said, Pastor John, the truth is I'm not certain I'm on my, on my way to heaven. The truth is, Pastor, if I died today, I'm not certain I would go to heaven. I'm not, I'm not certain I'm a Christian, and I'm concerned about my soul. Pastor, would you pray for me? Is there anyone here like that? Would you slip your hand up and let me see that so I can pray for you? Anyone say, Pastor, that's that's where I'm at. Would you pray for me? Thank you, I see that hand. Anyone else? Wonderful news for you. Right now, right where you're sitting, you can put your confidence, your faith, your trust in what Jesus Christ did on the cross as the payment for your sins. And you can ask him to forgive you of your sins and save you, and a God who cannot lie will keep his promise. Right now, right where you're sitting. Would you do that? Would you do that? No one else is looking around. You made the Lord and say, Pastor John, as best I know how, I did that. I asked Jesus to be my Savior. Would you look up here at me for a moment and make eye contact with me? Did you mean that? Did you mean that? God's not a liar, amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Father, thank you for this one. Pray that you'd help them to grow in your grace. For the many, many hands that went up, God, preparing us for revival. God, I ask that we would be willing, even if it's uncomfortable, to see you do something unusual in our midst. And Father, we'll thank and praise you in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's stand. We're going to sing together. Nearer, nearer, blessed Lord. You know what the Bible says about this? It says, if we draw an eye unto him, he will draw an eye unto us. So as we respond to this, if you would like to respond, the altar is open to you. You step out, let the Lord have his way as we sing together. Be back tonight at 7 o'clock uh, to encourage our teenagers as they take over the service. Looking forward to that. It's always a joy. 6 o'clock, what did I say? Seven, if you show up at 7 o'clock, you'll be encouraging them to uh, leave because it'll be over by then. But be back at 6 o'clock tonight, and uh, that'll be a joy. Do we have choir practice tonight? There is choir practice at 5 o'clock, so just so you know. Anything else I'm supposed to announce? The Lord bless you, keep you, make His face shine upon you, give you peace. Love you all. You are dismissed. God bless.